Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I'm Lucretia McCulley, Head of Scholarly Communications at Boatwright Library. Our faculty interview is with Shahan Mufti, Assistant Professor of Journalism. Professor Mufti is the author of The Faithful Scribe, a story of Islam, Pakistan, family, and war, published in 2013 by Other Press. The Faithful Scribe is deeply relevant to the world and our campus today, and the book has been chosen as the 2017-2018 One Book for the University Campus. Faculty, staff, and students are currently reading the book, and the One Book Committee will host discussions and programs throughout the academic year to explore issues and themes within the book. Shahan, thank you for joining us today. To start off our conversation, what inspired you to write this book? Well, thank you, Lucretia, for having me. This is really exciting, all of this that's happening on campus right now with the book and starting beginning to happen now with the fall. I'm really looking forward to sharing the book with uh, everyone on campus who does get around to reading it. Um, it. It's a difficult question to answer about inspiration because in a way I'd been writing this book in my head for well, over a decade now. Um, the book begins, for those who have started it will know, um, the book begins kind of one of the earlier scenes in the book is, is of uh, me uh, being on a college campus as an undergraduate student going to class on the morning of September 11, 2001. And uh, really that in some ways was the beginning of this book and in the beginning of my reflections on what was happening and my consideration of what was happening around me. Um, and the, the, really that's where the story begins in some ways and I, I travel afterwards to India on a Fulbright fellowship to dig deeper into the history of South Asia, a place where America became involved in a war months after, in the weeks after the events of 9-11. Um, and, uh, and then I end up in Pakistan uh, reporting that war as a journalist, as an American journalist, but reporting the war in the country that is my ancestral home, which is the birthplace of my parents. And it was during that process that I kept reflecting on my own experience and, and what was unfolding around me politically and uh, and really I think it's I was gathering inspiration along the way um, I really began to think of it as a book and as a as a story um, towards the end of my uh, work in Pakistan as a full-time daily news reporter and that's when I started to gather my thoughts and my experiences over that past decade and began to think about how does this fit? How does this perspective that I had come away with help, especially an American audience, understand what is happening not only out there in the world where America is fighting the war, but really at home in some ways with Islam and, and war? Well, thank you. That's fascinating, and thanks for sharing that journey of how this emerged as a book. Well, how can the University of Richmond community use this book to address our understanding in the role of Islam on campus? That's something I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, digging into tackling uh, in the year ahead. Uh, when, I, when this book came out in 2013, as you said, um, Pakistan was uh, front page news at times, 
It's interestingly, the last couple of days, it's been front news, uh, front page, one page one news again. Uh, but when I was reporting from Pakistan, in 2007 especially, that was a time when I was just beginning my work as a daily news reporter, as a, on staff of a newspaper at least. And uh, that that was a time when I had it instantly, was uh, my, the stories that I was writing are on page one of my newspaper. Um, and uh, America was playing, paying close attention to the events in Pakistan at that time, for many reasons, which people will read about in the book. Um, but, uh, so that really was, the, I think that was what made many people approach the book back when it was released in 2013. You know, Pakistan was still very relevant. In that time, in the interim, three years since the book was released, I think other stories have overtaken. Syria has become a, a big story. The Arab Spring has caught some attention. And Pakistan has interestingly receded uh, in the headlines until last week, I guess. But, um, but the other part of this book always, for me, was the story of America. And this is a, and the, right at the beginning of the book, I, I say, I introduce myself to the reader in, in this, you know, second person address. I, I, I introduce the, uh, I call myself 100% Pakistani and 100% American. And I, that math doesn't work. But uh, I, that was a very purposeful introduction because to me this is as much a story about America and an American reporter and American as it is about somebody who has roots in Pakistan and is telling a story about Pakistan. There's also many, you know, that I trace my, I talk about and write about my parents' time and their their immigration to the United States and them being immigrants in this country. Um, and so um, there's if. There's a lot to talk about here as far as um, Islam, not only as, an, as a global um, entity and as a global experience, but also very much as an American experience right now. And uh, there's, I mean, on campus, of course, there, there are Muslims on campus and there are, there are, I mean, but at this current political moment in America, um, I think those conversations are as interesting to me right now and are, are as much part of this book as any theme or any ideas about Pakistan and the, the experience of uh, Muslims around the world. But I think Pakistan is an, remains an interesting example because it is that, as I talk about in the book, it is that original first experiment in Islamic democracy in the world. There was nothing before Pakistan decided to try Islamic constitutionalism. And so that is going to make this a, a relevant and an interesting conversation for anybody interested in how does Islam fit into modernity. Thank you. Yes, and I look forward to our continuing conversations this year. Well, how would you envision undergraduate students using the book for their study and research? I think this book can be approached in many ways. So in my mind, I was tying together many themes in this book. Um, there are many ideas packed into this book. It's, it's obviously told through characters, myself being one of those characters, but other characters who are part of my family and my ancestors, but also characters who are political actors in Pakistan and in the United States even. So um, there, is, there, are many, there are many places and points of entry into this book uh, on, an, on a university campus. This is the first time it's been selected as a common read for a college campus. I'm very excited to see how it um, works out and unfolds. Um, it'll be interesting to see. But I already see many ways to, into this conversation. Um, I, you know, there are, 
there are moments in this uh, book which uh, that tackle uh, issues as varied as I mean in the beginning I'm talking about um, immigration and then I'm talking about political Islam and I'm talking about climate change towards the end I'm talking about agriculture or cultural like produce I'm talking about sports and God, what role does cricket play in this whole thing um, and so it, and I'm talking of course about race and ethnicity and nationalism and identity and so there's uh, I see all kinds of, you know, I do see in, uh, people interested in environmentalism and environmental sciences uh, finding a spot in this book that they uh, like. And I do find, and, and I do uh, expect students of race relations or as people interested in race relations in this country or in any other to um, find a moment or several in this book where they, um, which they can reflect on. So it will be, I don't have an answer uh, how this will be used, but I, I expect it will be uh, uh, a variety of, of, of people and uh, thoughts that will come into contact with the book. Okay, thank you. And did you use any library and archival collections in writing this book? So um, I guess this relates to my earlier comment about how this has been a long journey. And I think all along the way I was, I was collecting material. Um, sometimes not knowing, uh, which I think is probably any good <laughs> scholarly researcher will do that as well, is that sometimes you're just chasing down uh, potential leads. But all along the way, I was, uh, I was collecting material. And that material really, I mean, for example, in my Fulbright experience in, in India, when I was on a Fulbright fellowship, I, I visited, I was working, in fact, on my Fulbright fellowship specifically about higher education institutions that identified as Muslim in colonial India, British colonial India. So already I was visiting higher education institutions around that country, and of course one of the places I would always go to is the libraries and the archives and the collections at these, at these universities in India. Um, and those were, again, I was sometimes just finding, I was encountering fascinating uh, manuscripts or documents in these libraries which were, again, I did not know what was pulling me toward them, but I was gathering this material and um, studying it. Uh, later on, my, uh, when I moved to Pakistan, a lot of my work was, was different. It was journalistic work. Mm -hmm. uh, when I was working as a reporter on ancestors, or written by my own mm -hmm. ancestors. And that really was what, where, that's where the book came together. You talked about inspiration. I think if there was one inspirational moment, it was when I encountered... Uh, the family history written by family ancestors. And I was fascinated by not only by what was in that history, but what what was motivating the writer of that history to write that. So I became very interested in ideas of, of writing of history and, uh, and, and of the idea of having archives, really, and having the written record, which is why the title of the book is as such. Uh, that indicates my interest in, in the written word. So there was, I mean, there was a lot of material I gathered along the way, some formal um, archival material, some informal, and uh, some of it which I wish was more formalized, uh, people's own personal histories and all that. And there are efforts to do that, obviously, even in Pakistan at this time. Well, thank you. And I'm also curious, where are your family 
writings, those sources now? Who's, well, who's keeping those? They're <laughs> still with the people that have them. Okay. So these are, on my maternal side, they're extensive. And uh, those writings are still in the hands of the people that, that had them, which would be, you know, uh, descendants of the um, people that wrote these histories, right. um, who were kind enough to share it with me. And that's really, I mean, it, I depended on the kindness of many people in the family and outside, and many at libraries. <laughs> um, but yeah, the record keepers of, of history are, are, have been very kind. And uh, this is something I'm, I mean, I'm depending on in, in my next project as well. Um, I'm really appreciating the, the you know, people who keep these records uh, safe and, and available. Well, thank you, Professor Mufti, for your conversation. Multiple copies of The Faithful Scribe, a story of Islam, Pakistan, family, and war are available in Boatwright Library and the University Bookstore. The One Book, One Richmond Committee also has copies available for students, staff, and faculty.